0: Let's give it up for our serve team who served yesterday. And many of you, you donated towards that event and some of you, you went won out and you bought. We had 17 bicycles that we gave away. Kind of a cool story, yesterday a parent came up to us whose son who won a bicycle and they said, you're not gonna believe this, tears in her eyes, our son's bike was just stolen yesterday. And you've been able to bless our son. Another story, parents came up to us and said, we prayed so much that our foster child would win a bike today, and today he won a bike. Thank you, Thrive Church. Thank you for doing that. Well, today is the best day of the year, Resurrection Sunday, because we know what this, this weekend, all that it means, that it, on that Good Friday... We know that Jesus suffered and died on the cross, and he did it all for you. We talked about that last week, and that is just amazing love that he was poured out for us. And we know that he was buried and he was put into a tomb for three days, and on the third day, he rose out of that grave. And today, he is very much alive, and he wants to be alive inside of you today. He is alive. I'm going to be using a stool today. I got kind of a stiff back. So if you see me grimace, it's, because, it's not because it's not you, it's me. I sound like George Costanza there. It's not you, it's me. But I want you to know that the resurrection is it's beyond belief. You know, typically, 81% of all Americans, they will celebrate Easter in some way, shape, or form. But very few know what it's all about. I got a lot of ringing up here. I don't know if you guys can help me with that. Many people don't understand this whole Jesus thing and what it's all about. Maybe that's you today. You're here today, and you're just kind of wondering, what is this all about? These people are kind of ha- slappy, happy, clappy people here. What are they so happy about? And we're happy because we realize what this whole resurrection thing means for us. And we know many people are asking the why question or the who question. Who is that Jesus guy, anyhow, and we know, we just kind of look at many time, magazines that are on a, a, the uh, newspaper counters uh, as we go into to, uh, grocery stores, you know, you see these magazines and are asking this question, who is this Jesus, the most talked about man in all of history? People say he was a teacher, some say he was a prophet, some people say he was a madman, but I ask you this morning. Who is Jesus to you? Jesus asked that same question to his disciples. He, he, they had spent all this time with him, those three years, and he looked at him and he said, who am I to you? Who do you say that I am? People, I don't, I, don't, I don't know where you are in your faith journey, where you are in life, but the answer to this question is the most important answer that you can find in this life. Who? Is Jesus to you? And I think each and every one of us, we have to answer that question. And to ignore the question is actually answering the question because it not only impacts your life here on earth, but it impacts your destiny when you die. That's why this is so important today. So today's message is this. What's so incredible about Easter? And what I would answer to that is, it's the resurrection. You want to know the most pinnacle part about the whole Easter message? It is the resurrection. We're going to talk about that today. In John eleven twenty five, Jesus proclaimed this statement. He said, and, "And this is this is heavy." Jesus said, "I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after they die." In other words, you will experience. Resurrection life. That word resurrection, the word resurrection, it actually means to take something that was dead and to give it life again. Something that was dead and to give it life again. And Jesus was referring to himself. He was referring to himself. He says, That's, he told his disciples, and he says, That's actually what's going to happen to me. I'm going to die and I'm going to come back to life again. And because of that, you will then have the ability to die in this life, but come back to life and live in an eternity in heaven with God. All of Christianity, all of Christianity is based on this pinnacle moment here, the resurrection. Listen to what the apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 8 through 9. It says, Christ died for our sins Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead. He was resurrected. On the third day, just as the scripture said, he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After then, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. If the resurrection really happened, like Paul and the Gospels proclaim, then what you believe about Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Can, can, we just, can we just revisit that story, the resurrection story? We talked about this last week. We talked about the story of Jesus leading up to the cross, and now we know that, that Jesus died on the cross, and it's so amazing when you read through the Gospels, the same persecutors, the Roman soldiers who put him up on the cross, the, very, the moment that he passed away, they looked up at him and said, truly, this was the Son of God. Even the soldiers, the Roman soldiers at that moment, they believed then we know that Jesus was taken down from the cross, this man by the name of Joseph Armitia. He was a respected member of the Jewish council, and he went to Pilate and says, let me, let, please, let me take care of the burial r- rites of this man, Jesus. And we know that he was lowered down from the cross, and he was placed in a tomb. The leading priest who called for Jesus' death went to see Pilate. And said, remember, Jesus once said that while he was still alive, after three days I will rise from the dead. So these Jewish leaders like, listen, Pilate, we, we don't want any incidents. We want this Jesus guy to go away. No more. This Jesus is a threat to us. And so they went to Pilate and they said, Pilate, we need you to seal the tomb. And we need you to put a Roman seal on that. And really what they did is, is they, kind of like the picture here, they, they would put a, a ropes around it and then they would seal it with this, this wax Roman seal. And if anybody were to break that wax seal, that would mean you are messing with Rome and that would bring you a quick death. They, didn't want, they wanted this story to go away. No more. They were tired of just Jesus. But we know early the next morning, the Bible says that there was a violent earthquake and an angel came down on that tomb and it rolled the stone away. Terrified at what they saw, the the Roman soldiers who were guarding the tomb, man, boom, they were off. (laughs) I think I would be off too. I'm out of here. Meanwhile, not knowing it, knowing what had just happened here, There's two Marys who were coming to to do the customary things and to to cover Jesus' body with the spices. It was kind of custom of that time. But when they arrived, it says that they saw that the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty. Jesus was not there. Well, Mary Magdalene, one of the Marys, she ran off. I got to tell the disciples, but the other Mary is standing there just in shock. And then all of a sudden, two angels suddenly appear before Mary. And they said, don't be alarmed. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. He is alive. He's alive. So they tell, the, they tell the Mary, they said, listen, go and tell the disciples this exciting news, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee And you will see him there just as he told you before he died. So so Mary, she hurried back. And she was just afraid, but she's filled with joy. What could this mean? She wanted to tell the disciples what had just happened here. Meanwhile, the guards, remember the guards who ran off? Like, wait a second, their lives are on the line because it was their job to guard this tomb. And how in the world are they going to explain this to their commanding officer. So instead, they go to the high priest. The high priests are discerning what is happening here. They need to cover up this story. Again, they want this Jesus guy to go away. And so they communicated to the soldiers, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and they stole him away while he was asleep. That's the story we want you to use. And some some people still use that story today. They said, if this report gets to Pilate, we will satisfy him and keep him out of trouble. So, what they did is they gave the soldiers a lot of money and said, just be quiet. We'll cover for you. Mary tells the disciples. Meanwhile, as as the Marys were on their way back to the disciples, again, Jesus appears to them. I love that. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Some of you, 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 maybe you need to be reminded of that message. Maybe you're here today, and your heart is full of, of fear. And I think God rings out to all of us, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So they rushed back to the disciples who were grieving over Jesus' death. And he told them what was, what was happening. But the story just seemed crazy. I mean, just imagine. I mean, you're one of the disciples. You saw Jesus die. You saw him be crucified. You saw his last breath. You see him, you hear him say, It is finished, and then he dies. You help, maybe you help carry him down from the cross. This makes no sense whatsoever. Well, Peter and John, who were close to Jesus, their curiosity got to the best of them, even though they, weren't, they didn't quite believe the story. They, there has to be an explanation. So they run off to the tomb to investigate. And when they arrive, they peer in, and sure enough, the tomb is empty, just as the Marys had described. Sure enough, Jesus was not there. And so they went back home, wondering what had happened. Well, that evening, the disciples were all together talking about, what, what, what's going on here? We, who could have done this? And, you know, not remembering that Jesus had already talked about this, then Jesus suddenly appears in the room. We're, we're doing this, this sermon series called Beyond Belief. Beyond Belief, that it's, just, it's one of the words that describe it. We talked about it last week. It was amazing. I think the, the word I would use today is Incredible. Just just put yourself in that room with the disciples. That would be incredible to see a dead man walking. And it's very clear, it's Jesus. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. And And then he breathed on them, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You need to understand right there, that's what happens at salvation. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you invited Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, that's exactly what God does. He places his spirit inside of you. That's what happened to these disciples. They become, if you've ever heard the phrase before, we could talk about that in a different sermon, they became born again they're born again. Is there anybody here who's been born again? Anybody born again? Well, one of the disciples, Thomas, was not there. You've heard about doubting Thomas. And and Thomas, is he's, he's not buying it. And like, yeah, guys, I don't know what you've been drinking. What is happening here? This does not make sense. One week later, the disciples still talking about this event. Thomas, I'm telling you, he was there. I'm telling you, he was there. It was legit. Jesus shows up again to the disciples and again says to them, peace be with you. He looks into Thomas' eyes. Maybe you have felt Jesus look into your eyes before. Revealing himself to you, revealing himself to Thomas. Thomas, put your fingers here, in my wrist. See, see the, 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 the spear that was pierced in my side? Put your hand there, touch. It's me, Jesus, I am not dead. I am very much alive. Jesus has risen from the tomb. And that changes everything. It changes everything for those disciples. It changes everything for us. Jesus is alive. And then all of a sudden, the Jesus continued to show up for these disciples at different locations. And all of a sudden, Jesus is beginning to show up everywhere. And the Bible says that even, there's a crowd of 500 people. And Jesus showed up into that, that crowd of 500 people. Some of these same people would swear by it so much That they would die a martyr's death in the Roman Colosseums. What would cause somebody to do that? Well, the Bible says that Jesus came to his disciples one last time and he proclaimed to them, I've given you a mission. This mission that I've had here on this earth, I now give to you. I want you to go into all the world and I want you to proclaim Jesus, proclaim the resurrection, proclaim what he's done for you on the cross. And then the Bible says that Jesus then ascended into heaven, later giving them the Holy Spirit, which gives them the courage to do that. His resurrection changed the lives of his disciples. His resurrection, I'm telling you, it changes your life today. It's so much changed. Listen to me. It's so much changed the lives of these disciples. Remember these disciples, these guys are kind of scaredy cats a little bit. They're in an upper room and they're hiding. Do you realize that all 12 of these disciples, they all died, all but one, they all died a martyr's death proclaiming the message of Jesus. I'm gonna ask you this morning, would you die for a lie? If you knew something wasn't true, would you willingly lay down your life for that? What would compel these men to lay down their lives? I'm telling you, because they saw a dead man walk, and they experienced the resurrection, and they believed. So what's so incredible about the resurrection? Again, I would say to you, it is, listen to me, I I truly believe, not just because I'm a pastor, but I believe it, it was the most pivotal point in all of history. It applied not only to these disciples, these men and women back then, but it applies to you. It applies to your children. The resurrection affects all of us. This means four things for us today. Let me share what the resurrection means. The number one thing that the resurrection means is that Jesus is who he says he is. It proves he is who he says he is. One of the, listen to me, I'm gonna say something here. One of the most controversial scripture verses in all of the Bible is John 14:6, Because Jesus makes a very bold statement about himself. Because a lot of people believe There's many ways to God. There's many ways that you arrive in heaven. But Jesus says, no, that's not true. That's not true. But he proclaims this about himself. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to God except through me. Do, do, do you see the controversy there? Do, do you see the challenge? I mean, Jesus puts it. I, I appreciate so much when people just lay it out on the table. Don't, don't buffalo me. Don't just go, you know, skirt it around. Put it on the table. What is the truth? I ask you the question this morning, what is the truth about Jesus. Jesus defines himself in three categories. He says, I am the way. A way is a natural pathway. It's a road. He's not saying, I am a way. He is saying, I am the way. Jesus is saying very definitive, I am the only way to God. Jesus said that I am the truth. Jesus proclaims himself as the substantial foundation for all of reality, He's the truth that all mankind is searching. I believe each person here today, you're in search of truth. As you you look and you're looking at life's questions and you're trying to find the answers, what we're searching for is truth. What is truth? Jesus said, I am the truth that you're looking for. Then he says the last one, he says, I am the life. This is reference to his deity as the son of God. Jesus was proclaiming that he was there at the beginning of time and that he is the source of life and he is the only hope for eternal life. Do you see now why the resurrection is so important? The resurrection is really important because Jesus is who he says he is. Number two, Jesus did what he said that he would do. You see, throughout the Gospels, Jesus would tell his disciples, listen, guys, I, I, I know you're not going to get this here, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go to a cross, and I'm going to die a horrific death of crucifixion, but it's going to save all mankind. But, guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to come back three days later. Wouldn't you just be blown away if one of your best friends said that to you? Wouldn't you, just be, blown, wouldn't you, be, wouldn't you be blown away? Wouldn't you be kind of like, yeah, pastor's kooky? If I was declaring that to you today, hey, guys, listen, I'm going to die a terrible death. This back is killing me. But I'm going to come back three days later. You guys are like, oh, that's kind of an interesting church there. When do you guys have the snake show? <laughs> but Jesus says in Mark nine thirty one, talking to his disciples before his death, the Son of Man, talking about himself, is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies, and he will be killed. But three days later, he will rise from the dead. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the debt for your sin. But when he was resurrected, he conquered sin and death for all eternity, just as he said that he would do. That's incredible. What's so incredible about the resurrection? Number three, Jesus provides the world's greatest, he provides for the world's greatest need. Do you know what the world's greatest need is? Some people would say, yeah, this war in Ukraine, it needs to stop. I'm with you. Some of you would look at the world crisis, the hunger crisis, some of the diseases that are happening in the world. Some of you would say, yeah, that needs to end. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to tell you this. The world's greatest need is not so much a physical need. It's your spiritual need. And that's what Jesus came to work for in your life. It is, listen to me, it is your greatest need because you look at this life here on earth and you have just a just a mere amount of time compared to this thing called eternity. And do you realize that in this small amount of time that you have here on earth, you make the decision of where your eternity will be. That's why the resurrection is so important. Paul tells us this, he says in Romans 4.25 that Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised, listen to me, he was raised again, he was resurrected so that he could make us right with God. I ask you this morning, I think each and every person has to answer that question, are you right with God I, I, I don't, you don't need to tell me because this is, it's not between you and I, but are you right with you and God? I mean, is it all good? I, 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 do, you, do you have God's peace in your life? What, is, what does it mean to be made right with God? Well, first of all, again, our biggest need, the biggest problem that you have, I don't know all of you here today, but I can just do, 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 do. I know what your biggest problem is right here, right now those who are watching online, all of, world, all of mankind. Our biggest problem, it's like a cancer to our soul, is our sin problem. And I, and I don't know about you, but I have tried many times. I'm going to be a better person. I recognize my sin, and I'm going to do better. I'm not gonna do that again. And so I read these self-help books, and I'm just gonna do better. I watch these YouTube, I watch these TED Talks. I'm just gonna be a better person. And I turn around and I do that very same thing that I know I shouldn't do. I keep doing that thing. And I keep having these thoughts. Where are they coming from? I and you, we had this thing called a sin problem. And so our sin, you you wanna know, what is the cross all about? Well, our sin is our crime against God that we commit against him. When we disobey him, we commit a crime, we sin against God. And so when we sin, our sin separates us from God. So you ask the question, what is the world's biggest need? The world's biggest need is that some of us are separated from God. You're separated. And all of us, every single person, because of our sin problem, we deserve the cross. We are the ones who deserve the death penalty. We're the ones that sin that I've committed. God says that there has to be a price for it. Listen to 1 John 2.1. It says, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Listen to me what God's plan was? God said, I'm gonna send a solution for your sin problem and he he sent his son Jesus as our advocate to atone for the sins of all mankind. What does that mean? I'm gonna, let me break it down real quick. An advocate. You know what an advocate is? The advocate, I don't know how, how, many of you got big brothers? Big brothers, big sisters? Big brothers, big sisters? An advocate is like the big brother that you like. The big brother who sticks up for you. The one, even when you mess up, you've got somebody who's on your side, who cares about you, who's concerned about you, He's looking out for you. That's what an advocate is. Now, the word atonement means this. The atonement is a price that you pay for a crime that was committed. So the way that you atone for your sins, if you've ever been arrested before, don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. No, no, no. That, have you ever been pulled over for speeding? I, maybe once or twice, I paid a fine for my, for my crimes. I paid a fine. I didn't deserve it. One mile over. Oh, my word. <laughs> but Jesus, listen to me, the righteous one, a man without sin became your advocate. And he was the one, he, what you asked the question, why did he go to the cross? What's the cross all about? He went to the cross and said, I will atone for your sin. I will atone, I will make the payment, I will pay the price for all of mankind. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. There's only one person who could do that And that's the son of God. To be made right right with God, all you have to do then is to accept this incredible gift, to declare and believe and invite. If Jesus, if the resurrection really happened, then number four, Jesus is our only means of salvation. Salvation, you hear that, you go to church, you hear that, that phrase, in songs and stuff, you hear that word salvation. What does that mean? The word salvation literally means to be rescued. And I just, I just want you to imagine here a helicopter flying you out to the middle of the Pacific Ocean and dropping you off. And as they fly by, they wave, good luck. And what do you do? Okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And then you see that little shark fin going by, I can't do this, I <laughs> can't do this. And then you get tired and you get weary. You ever been tired and weary trying to save yourself? I can't do this. Can't. And, and then you go down once and you come back, I can't do this, I can't do this. That's the world. You wanna you want know what the world's biggest problem is. People are drowning in their sin. They're dying. And salvation is this, this boat that comes by and comes up to you. And there's a hand that is extended and says, let me help you. All you have to do is grab my hand. I'm interested. Because I can't save myself. No matter what good works I try, the good things I do, helping grandma across the street, help me bring her groceries in, I can still never be good enough. I need to be saved. And so you ask the question, what is Easter all about? What's the resurrection all about? It's Jesus reaching out his hand to you and say, I paid the price for you. I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us how that happens. He says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, resurrection, you will be, you will be saved. You will be saved. You mean, wait a second, that's how I reach up and I grab Jesus' hand, that's how I that's all I have to do? Declare and believe? For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Remember that issue again that we have? None of us are right with God without Jesus. You mean I can be made right with God through declaring and believing? And it is by openly declaring at your faith that you are saved. Believe. Declare, invite. Again, I don't know where you are in your faith journey today. I I don't know. I I just want to prick your mind. I just want to give you something else to think about. But Jesus gives us the answer. Paul tells us the answer for making ourselves right with God. And it starts with belief that Jesus is who he says he is. That just believing, yes, I do believe, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That, yeah, he is the only way to God. That when I die on this earth, that I will live again through Jesus. And so I declare it. I declare, I need you, Jesus. I I declare, I, I can't do this myself. I declare, I need you. One of the most powerful prayers you can pray is, God, I need you. I declare I need you. I can't save myself. I invite you into my life to save me, to be my Lord and Savior. Now listen to this. Verse 13, I'm, I'm, I'm almost on here. Verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I did this. I made this decision when I was just a young man. And believe me, there's been times where I felt like I needed to do it again, that I had forgotten. <laughs> and then when I found myself, man, I feel like I'm drowning. I, I needed to like go back to God. God, I need you. Wait a second. What am I doing here? I need you. I need to come back to Jesus. And this is what happened. This is how my life was changed. I will tell you this, that Jesus changed my past. And that's what he would do to you, but the Word of God says that if any person would be in Christ, they become a new creation. The old is gone. That's not who you are anymore. The new has come, and so he changes your past. Not only does he change your past, he changes your present. I love that song that they all. You ever, you ever hear that song at a funeral or at an event before? Amazing Grace. I'm not going to sing it for you because I don't want to hurt your ears. Amazing grace. How sweet is that sound that saved, remember that? Saved a wretch like me. I once was what? And now I'm. I once was what? Blind, but now I'm changed. And that's what god does to us he begins to change us from the inside out and I, I noticed that when i gave my heart to jesus i asked him to rescue me he changed the way i thought he changes the way i my, my actions my attitudes everything and then last of all i have this assurance i have this peace that he changes my destiny i know that i know that i know but somebody was like well how do you know Well, it's this thing called faith, but man, I just have a confidence that when I die, it's not over. It's only the beginning. That because I have declared, I have believed, and I have invited, one day I will live with my heavenly Father in heaven. I I feel like I've done all that I can through God's grace to make myself right with God. Jesus says to us, one of the most infamous scripture verses in the Bible, for God so loved the world. You, me, I love that. I love how that verse starts. I, I don't know where, you, again, you are in life, but I want you to know God loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter how far you feel like you're from God. So you might be here to like, I don't even believe in God. That's okay. God loves you. And he loved you so much that he gave to you his son to pay a price that you could never pay on your own. You could never do it so that you could be saved. That whosoever would believe in him. In other words, you would say, you know what? I'm going to be a Christ follower. These people who are going to be baptized today. I, I follow Jesus. That whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to move into a time of communion. What better way to celebrate Resurrection Sunday than with communion? We want you to know we serve an open communion here at Thrive Church. That means you don't have to be a member. Membership, that's not. My, my challenge is to you is that you would accept Jesus, accept who he is, accept what he's done for you that you would invite him into your life. So if you're here today and you have not accepted a communion cup and when you came in and you would like to receive one, would you just raise your hand and keep your hand raised until somebody comes to to give one to you? Keep those hands raised. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? I want to give you that time. Make sure you get a communion. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, this is me. And I've been trying in this and I've been trying, I've been clinging to that and it just goes right down with me. And I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to make peace with God. If that's just you, I just, I think it happens through a declaration. And I'm not going to make you stand up or anything. This is between you and God, not between you and I, okay? But I, I challenge you right now. If, if all of us could just bow our heads. The reason for the resurrection is so that we can be saved. I just ask, I just challenge you right now. Just, just repeat this prayer after me. If you want to keep it in your breath, that's all right. Just say, God, I need you. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I recognize my need for you. I declare today that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I choose today to follow you. Change me from the inside out. Thank you for what you did for me on the cross. I now serve a resurrected king. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says that when people make that commitment, all of heaven rejoices. So can we just take a second and celebrate what God has just done in people's lives?